This is Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast with your hosts, Brandon Spinner and Michael Burns. And welcome into another episode of Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. I am Brandon Spinner, as always, alongside my buddy, my guy, Michael Burns. What's up, Mike? How you doing tonight? How doing you good. doing? I'm how you doing? How you doing? What's that? I haven't had a, a, a pour in a few days. <laughs> Sound like an alcoholic here. I haven't had, I haven't had oh a few days here. <laughs> you gotta have it. But... You got any more of those pours? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm excited to have a drink tonight with you, Brandon. Yeah, man. How's uh, Happy New Year, everybody, right? This is outside of our first uh, interview, which dropped earlier in the week with... Um, our guy Tyler Glasser over at Stranahan's Colorado Distillery in Whiskey. Uh, this is our first episode officially of 2023. So happy yeah, new year. We haven't talked baseball in a, yeah. in a hot minute. It's been since, I believe, December 20th since we put out some baseball stuff. So this one is going to be both part of that baseball and bourbon podcast or bourbon and baseball podcast as we'll go in that order today. Before we get going into everything, I do want to shout out a couple of our listeners, our viewers, our um, our followers on Instagram Right now, uh, we've got a lot of people chiming in. Tanya, a big shout-out to you. Thank you for your feedback. Same with Jerry, Whiskey Kid and His Peppers, uh, Keith, New England Whiskey, and Isaac, who is always supportive. That is at Sippin' and Grillin' on Instagram. Big shout-out to them. Just thank you for the feedback on our episodes. I know Lisa also chimed in. Um, you've got any more feedback that you've heard from? No, you took that right there. I know. Um, I've I've just seen Jerry everywhere. He's part yeah. of Major League Bourbon Clubhouse as well. Yeah. I see him there posting. I see him commenting on our stuff. I see him sharing stuff. So Jerry's everywhere. Yeah, and at Jay Campbell on Instagram, our guy uh, JC is as I like to call him. He's been really supportive as well. So thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, we've got a lot of other cool stuff coming up and down the pike, and hopefully we can bring you the best listening experience possible. With that said, we'd love to hear your reviews. If you're not one of those five that we just sh- gave a shout out to, can you please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify? Just let us know what you think, or you can reach out DM via Instagram, which a lot of you have also done as well and last thing subscribe to our youtube if you're watching on youtube just hit that button right there at the bottom it says subscribe to our channel uh and we're hoping to get towards 100 by the end of february so that's our goal i'm fingers crossed for that one let's get to 100 uh, and if you're listening via apple Podcasts and spotify please rate us review us but also don't forget to subscribe on there as well because sometimes that might mean you're not going to see the podcast unless you uh, have subscribe subscribed so get to that second the last thing before we head into the episode uh t-shirts We've got t-shirts now, if you haven't listened to previous episodes where we released it, but neither of us are wearing them today, but uh, Barrels and Barrels, I'll post a picture on Instagram uh, as this podcast drops, so it'll be up for about 24 hours if you want to see a picture. Chime in, let us know, and uh, reach out, and we can get you a t-shirt for a price. As far as Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast, usually we know what we're going to be drinking, but it's a mystery. Uh, ooh, uh, as Michael likes it's to say, it's poison. <laughs> some, yeah, it's a poison. So if, uh, uh, if this if, if this gets posted and you don't see another episode, you know what happened. 
<laughs> if it gets posted, I, I don't know if it does get posted. If it's poison, it might knock us out before we get it posted. Um, huh. But I don't think Daniel will do that. A big shout out to Daniel, uh, who is at bourbon underscore hunt on Instagram. He sent us a mystery sample. I've got the sealed envelope right here. So we know I it's sealed, so I can't look at it. Brand new one in his handwriting. Answer inside, it says. So with that said, let's crack her open, Michael. There's no real uh, breakdown of the distillery what yet, what it is. So I guess we could do our homework afterwards. I'm going to just do the full pour. Um, hey, Brennan, can you open my bottle for me? It's a little tight. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, you need to get back to the gym, man. Your shoulder has taken away all your strength. I'm not strength. allowed. I can, I can do like lat raises and such, but that's all. I can't do any presses. Oh, wow. Cinnamon right off the top. That's what I got. No, on I, no I, I said shoulder presses, you know. Yeah. I was saying I, I took a sniff and I got cinnamon right off the top. Oaky cinnamon. Yeah? Yeah. What do you got? Can you get a proof off that smell at all? Does it smell hot? This smells so familiar. It smells... <laughs> it smells so familiar. No, you know how, like... <sighs> Man, I need to pull from something. I'm going to pull from the Jepsons real quick to clean my palate. <laughs> oh, pull like that. Oh, mm -hmm. okay. Just get some Quick memory little... going on that pal there. Well, I tell you what, it's not Jepson's 100, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you listening in um, and you'd like to follow us for more while we're sniffing and analyzing this mystery sample, head on over to Instagram. That is Barrels and Barrels Pod. Again, search at Barrels and Barrels Pod. I know a lot of you who are listening follow us there already, but... If you're new here, we'd love to get you uh, over there, interact. We're very, um, very good at returning messages, I think, and uh, interacting with everybody. So, uh, I mean, I try to get back to messages as quick as possible. But, um, yeah, so head on over there. Mike knows right off the bat. What do you got? It's it's something I'm not quite familiar. Like, it's a fruit, but I don't recognize. I don't know if it's fig or date or something, but it's not a sweet tropical fruit that we've been getting out of stuff that we've been sampling lately, like Bourbon Vantage or the BRT. Um, usually those are like a darker fruit where this is more of, I don't know what kind of fruit it is, but it's, it's not tropical fruit. It's not a sweet fruit. I get a dark chocolate. A dark chocolate. Yeah, I don't. I can't pin my nose on what it is. it's fruity, but it's a. I don't. I want to say a drier fruit, if that makes sense. Or yeah, I can get. I've got some walnut too. But there's the fruit. Ooh. Okay. I took a first sip there, and and all of a sudden something clicks. Mm-hmm. It's. It tastes oh. familiar. Oh, it I tastes familiar. It smells familiar and tastes familiar. That's a <laughs> warm one. <laughs> yeah, you were just making fun of me for saying it smelled familiar, so I'm saying it. Of course it tastes familiar. It's it's whiskey. It's bourbon. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I feel like we almost can nail down the distillery based on that palate there. What do you, what do you think? Hmm. Yeah. It's pretty, it's got a kick. It's got like a, I got like white pepper. Um, we don't know if this is a rye or is it a bourbon or anything. We just know. It's it just says bourbon hunt, uh, bourbon hunt mystery sample on it. 
let's look at the color. Uh, I'd say it's relatively dark. Um, it's on the darker side. Do you think it's finished? I don't think so. It doesn't come off. I don't off... think it's finished. I get like a malted barley, that rye yeah. aftertaste. It's it's not a spicy rye, so I want to say it's like it's a malted barley. But I don't what think do you it's think the finished. proof is? Ooh, the proof. Um, what do you think? Hmm. Yeah, we both took a sip. Like, yeah, sorry. I would say this is this is a rye. This is a rye. I don't think so. I think it's a bourbon with a high rye mash bill. Uh, I find buttery up front, and then it becomes peppery towards the back end. It, it almost goes from like sweet to um, savory on the back end to me. The finish is good, um, but it's not too lingering to me. Uh, I think this is about in the 100s. I'd say, I'd say anywhere between 98 and 105 for 105. me. I think it's a little and higher than that. I think it's just over 100. Okay. I'm on, so that I'm, I'm in like the more towards 110, like 107, 108. Okay. I'm going to go with 104. I think it's good. Hold on. Hold on. He's Hold getting on. up. So I'm going to do the play-by-play. -play. We're talking to a white wall behind Michael's microphone because Michael has walked away to go grab something. something. He had hey, to what? go look at the proof at something. Do you I know what it is? Proof of something. Do, you, do you have a guess at what it is? Don't tell me yet. Actually, uh, what do you think of the finish? So the finish... Well, hold on. I got, before I give it, I got a little more, a little more taste here. I get it's velvety finish, but again, I get a rye finish. I think this is a, I don't think this is a, I don't think it's a high rye. I think this is a rye. Um, I won't get, I won't give you my guess, but I don't, my proofing idea is not what I think the proof was does not match what bottle I think it is. Okay. So then you're wrong one way or the other. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> So, um tasting i felt like it was like a 108 proof 107 but what i'm thinking it is it doesn't match it so i think there's a little funk on the nose now that i've because i get enough it. blind rye samples from your boy. My neighbor here yeah i've tasted some rye, and i feel like this lines up yeah all right. Well, with that riveting uh, breakdown of everything we did, I do want to give a big thank you to Daniel again for that. Yeah, this, is, this is awesome. Uh, I want to ask you, Michael, on our Barrels and Barrels of Bourbon and Baseball podcast rating scale, which uh, oh, we have right now up on YouTube. You can see it. It goes from Hall of Famer at the top of the top. 1% of all players become Hall of Famers. Um, so that's why no pours have actually been rated a Hall of Famer yet. Uh, All-Star, which is second, because you've got a few All-Stars here on your team. It's that go-to, the one you're looking for all the time. Probably an allocated bottle, but it doesn't have to be. Uh, and then goats to everyday player, third on the list. It's a, it's a guy that you know that's consistently in your lineup. You can count on him day-to-day, -day, not necessarily an everyday pour, but it is something that you will have at your bar every day and you wouldn't be opposed to going to every day. There's a bench player, right? They come into... Um, 
the game every once in a while, sometimes in the clutch, sometimes when you need them the most, but it's not an everyday. Um, he's got the bat, and it's not an everyday player. And then the final thing is the DFA, where Michael takes the bat to you and says, "Get out of here! I'm breaking this bottle." So give me this. Give me this. Yeah. So on that so, uh, whole scale that we just listed off for our listeners, our viewers, you saw it on YouTube. Where do you rate this? I I I firmly believe this is a rye, but this is a great rye. This is for me. I would I would go back to this often. This is an everyday player for me. You made the lineup, son. So what makes like what part of it makes you think it's an everyday player? Like, what is your favorite part of it? Um, the combination that of the sweet and that rye spice, but it's not spicy. That rye flavor is good, but it's not biting at you. And I think that's what makes rye appreciated is that rye flavor, but it's not you know. But mm-hmm. when the where's that bite that overpowers the flavor? Just like how, kind of how I think Booker's is the the bite overpowers the flavor, and this doesn't have that. See, I, I you and I disagree on the Booker's thing, right? But uh, I I agree with you that this doesn't take away from the flavor. It it takes like a real sharp turn. It's like to me, it's like I'm going down the street, and then an immediate left turn halfway through the pour. It goes from right. sweet buttery up front to a slow savory burn on the back end of it i'm going everyday player as well i think that this is a pretty good pour i would drink this quite a bit um i'm having a hard time putting my finger on it uh on what i think it is i know he's a huge mictors guy but i don't think he would go that route i think he would stray away from that even though he owns like every bottle of mictors knowing daniel um so what is your guess um so just because i went out and grabbed that the other night i I was thinking it was maybe a midwinters you think it's midwinters nice dream i i I, that's what just i think it's because that was on my mind of the last week i went it went out but isn't that finished it is finished in um port barrels right this doesn't give me it doesn't line up it doesn't line up but that's only only like rye i'm thinking there like be a mitchers uh because the Mitchers I tried from my neighbor was... Can you say that again, please? Mitchers. Michters. Michters. The Michters I tried from my neighbor, I did like the rye. It was toasted rye, I think. Do they have a toasted rye? Yep. Pretty sure they do. Well, they did a couple... Of, I think it, that was last year's That's release. That's what this is. Is Mitters. Michters. How can you... I've been making fun of Michael for this for a year, guys. So this is January 2023, and he Wasn't still here, can't buddy. say Michter's. We're never going to get an invite to their this, distillery. This is Michter's Toasted Rye. And I believe that came in at a barrel strength. So that would mean that this is close to 110 then. Uh, also, I wanted to point out, I'm pointing uh, drinking out of a new Glen today. Uh, my bourbon oh, yeah. Glen. So I got those in, awesome. uh, newly uh, enshrined bourbon thieves member. I, I, I don't know. They just accepted, I guess, bourbon thieves member. So that's what I've got. Uh, Glenn today. Oh, man, I don't. Man. I don't think he goes Mictors. I don't think he goes Mictors. Um, it's definitely <sighs> right, and I think that sweetness that we're talking about, how it does a one eighty, it's toasted. It's the toasted rye. That would be a good guess. Uh I'm not going to make a guess at what it was because I was totally off the... Uh. It's a rye. 
It's a rye, baby. I think it's a high rye bourbon. All uh, right. Okay, for the what moment you, of what truth. You doing? Well, I'm trying to think of what it would would be or could be. Here, we, here go, we go. And Can I get a drum roll, drum roll, Michael? I got my baseball bat in my hand, man. Come on. This is a 2020 Michter's Toasted Rye at 107.6. What? It's 11.6. Let's go. You said 110. So, Michael, I, over. You said 108. Hold on. You hold said 108. I, nope. So, Jeopardy rules. You were over because you do not round the sense. I said 107, 108. But, so. uh, yeah, I really like that. That was a good pour. So, thank you to Daniel. I'm going to show you the uh, the picture right there. The 2020 Michter's Toasted Rye, 107.6 proof. It did have that toasted feeling on the back end. Right, uh, right. I, as soon as as soon as you said Michter's Can you say sweet. that again, please? No, I'm not going to. Where's the T in that word? M- Michter's. No. Okay, folks. We're going to do we a should, little bit don't, of... Hey, Brandon, don't tag them, though. The... <laughs> Michter's. Like Mick? the Mick, like Mickey Mantle, Mick Turs. Michael, can you try to... Mick I'm thinking, I'm thinking of the Friends episode where Phoebe's trying to teach Joey French. <laughs> we. <laughs> can you finally say it? Mitch. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm done. I'm walking away. I'm trying my best out here, guys. I don't know what you I said, drink. but I will hear I, I, it when I'm you in edit Alabama. it. When I edit it, actually, so um, as I untangle my headphones, I'm just going to talk into the mic and uh, pretend like we're taking up time because we're really losing listeners right now, pal. <laughs> okay, what did you say? I said uh, I'm from Alabama. I just drink it. I don't care how, how I right, say it. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Well, with that said, uh, everyday player for the 2020 Michter's Toasted it's Rye. Right. Yeah, so good stuff there. It to me that was a 90 degree turn, like right. So good. it was a very what good other, one. So thank you to Daniel. Toasted Rye. Whoever, who else has a toasted Rye? interested to toasted rye yeah we'll have to look at it. nothing that just jumps off the everybody's toasting or finishing something nowadays so there's got to be would, one out there would but. you think this compares to elijah craig toasted uh i think that's way sweeter through the entire thing this has that like a, again that 90 degree turn like it goes from buttery sweet to like very compared not compared to anything else no i don't think you can compare this i think this is better than the michter's toasted bourbon to be honest i think the uh the I the sample I had of that this is way way better so cheers good stuff there before we jump into baseball uh, staying on the bourbon topic last time we recorded was December twentieth on the twenty first something happened I went and I did something crazy did you get any sleep yeah did you get any sleep that <laughs> night no so to paint the background uh, we talked about it on the last pod I debated going down to Bardstown to Go try to get the old Fitz 19 because that was announced on the 20th of December that they were dropping uh, a couple hundred bottles. You didn't know how much. So I hemmed and hawed and I got out the door at 3.45. And that was after Michael and I stayed up editing our last podcast till about 12.45. So I got three hours of sleep. You're welcome. Well, 
I got up at 3.30, so I got less than three hours of sleep. Drove all the way to Bardstown. Um, had to get gas, too, because the car didn't have enough gas, of course. Um, so then as I get there, I park literally in the first grassy spot I can find, and I run into line. I had to be about 400th in line or near there. Were you uh, scared when you got there and you saw how many people there were? Yes. I was very nervous when I got there. Like, oh, if anybody's been to Bardstown, we were in like the side lot of the whole building. So it wasn't, there's a parking lot right in front of the uh, Heaven Hill distillery where they have the truck parked. And that line wrapped, I was about the sixth wrap in the line. Like, like a Great America or a Six Flags roller coaster waiting line. I was like six wraps. So it was hard and the people in line had said they they heard that we were around 370 375 maybe 400 i got there at 5 40 met a couple of great dudes 5 40 a.m uh left northern kentucky so it was about an hour and 50 minute drive sat with this sweet old lady who was out in front of me getting the bottle first on whose birthday was that friday um the guys behind me came from indy uh aj and um it was a good time had a blast in line, but the moment of truth came. So at eight o'clock, they were going to start handing out wristbands. And I had heard that the week before they had more than 400 bottles of the Parkers because they dropped the Parkers the week before. And I was thinking, okay, they're probably going to have about the same. Um, and the rumor was they had more. So I, I felt pretty good. And then they started handing out wristbands. And the line moved pretty quickly for that. They were handing out wristbands and then immediately selling the bottle once you got in the line and all that uh, inside the building. So as we get close to the building at like 825, that's how long it took for my part of the line to get there. A guy walks out of the building and starts pointing at people and counting. And I'm like, oh my God, that's the last thing I need. And he gets to me and he points at me and he gives 50. One, two, three, four. That's the end of the line, folks. <laughs> Sweating. So what are the, were those five people? The fifth guy back there like, guys, like, please, please, please. Yeah, he's like, are you kidding me? Are you serious? We got here. They got in line at 546. So if I was six minutes later, I would have not gotten a bottle. I ended up. They ended up having two extra wristbands. So the guy who was fifth and sixth and actually stayed. got a bottle. Yep, they stayed in line. The guy behind them was very disappointed. But there were still about 150 people behind me who went home empty-handed. Um, but I did walk away with a old Fitz 19. Very excited. Uh, that is like my white whale. So if you hadn't seen it on Instagram already, I posted a, a reel on that. But really excited. So I'm excited for it because I feel I don't know if you, I don't know if you just made a big deal of it. The old fits what eight or nine you had? Yeah, that was the one that I opened with you. The right, eight, yeah. So I and you you love that pour. Yeah. So for you to go get that 19, I feel it fits you because you'd call yeah. like and say your favorite pour after we had yeah. tried that. Yeah. So I'm I'm very excited for you. I think it fits you, and so you'll open it up when you retire, right? Yeah, <laughs> I'll have a story with it, and that's what's going to make it even better when I crack it open and pour it with my friends. So, whenever Michael decides he wants to come up to Kentucky, which might be in about 20 years, uh, we might be able to crack it open. I'm just kidding. Um, but that's the uh, that's the story. It was a very fun day, uh, but it was a very long day, and I did jump out to Bardstown Bourbon Company. Also checked out a couple of the other distilleries around their preservation, um, and even drove on the campus of Willett. So 
We're just gonna have to go to Bardstown. Yeah, that's a very sober drive home. (laughs) I I I had a few at uh, Bardstown, but uh, good stuff there. We're gonna have to check that out at BBC as well as. um, uh, It's allowed in Kentucky when you're driving through Kentucky, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it should be just like in Alabama. Uh, sleeping with his sister. As far as going... Roll Tide. <laughs> roll Tide. As far as uh, the bourbon part of the podcast, again, thank you to Daniel. That was very good. I'm going to have to yes, save the rest, actually. I, that, that, is that our third mystery sample? Or second? Our second. It was our second. Our second. I'm going to put that aside because uh, I've been doing this um, rating system on Picks lately. Pick, the Picks app. I don't know if you've downloaded it yet. Uh, I did do jo- one. John over at Dad's Drinking Bourbon um, has been part of this, so... Big shout out to Pix. They um, we're not affiliated in any means, but I really enjoy the app. You can just post pictures, you can post tastings, and it it sent me an email today telling me what my flavor profile is. Um, so the more me, you do bro. that, I'm gonna add you, bro. You just got on it like two days ago. Uh, I've done it. I've done a review. Well, I'll have to check it out. You didn't send me. You didn't add me. So it goes. Communication goes both ways. There, Michael goes both ways. Um, so I'm going to save that and do the picks review. I'm going to kill uh, this Four Roses single barrel. Uh, hey. Uh, so that's our first kill on the podcast. Is that, is that is a, a hundred proofer there? Yeah, single barrel, hundred proofer. There you uh, go. Warehouse JW. Um, barrel 2720 or 2720. Um, so... Uh, he just added me. Uh, Michael Burns just added me on Pix. So go check out Pix. Again, uh, cool app. I think that it's a great spot for the whiskey fan because um, you can keep track of your pours. You can rate your pours. Uh, looks like Michael did. If you're tasting did... it, if you're tasting right. it and you don't know what you're picking up, it gives you like Right. Options. It gives you options. There are funny options like uh, body odor. <laughs> did you see that one? No. But, but uh, yeah, that's one. I think one of the noses. But oh yeah, this is way different. But uh Four Four Roses has a distinct Yeah. Um so go check out picks. As far as baseball, let's jump into it because we've got a lot to talk about here. It's been a busy couple of weeks, uh, and we had the holiday season. Trivia first. So uh Ooh. one of uh this one you should be potentially able to get. When Rich Hill made his major league bit let's read it. Oh, let's do it. When Rich Hill made his Major League debut in relief on June 15, 2005, who was the team's starting pitcher? The opponent? No. When he made his Major League debut in relief oh. on June 15, 2005, who was the team's starting pitcher? Who did he debut for and who was the starting pitcher? He debuted for the Chicago Cubs, and it was Matt Clement. Uh, good guess. Because um, 2005, he still would have been in the rotation, but it was the one, the only. Don't say it. Don't say it. Greg Maddox. Oh, Greg Maddox. Okay, yeah. I was I was scared you were gonna say Big Z. <laughs> no, uh, he would have also been on that team, but that that was mm-hmm. a stud rotation that just didn't do a whole lot in 2005. The reason we bring up Rich Hill is Rich Hill. He's not the top of the charts when it comes to free agent signings, but uh, he did sign. Um, to be with the twelfth team he's pitched for, he gets one year, eighty or eight million dollars. Excuse me, at the age of forty three, to pitch for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Now he took some years off. Now you said it's his twelfth team. He took some years mm-hmm. off. How many years did he take off? And he's pitched for twelve teams. 
Well, I think he was hurt for a lot of that time. And then didn't he go overseas or something like that to try to reclimate himself? Right. He did not stick in the majors the whole time. Uh, it looks like he was part of a team every year in the majors. So, really? yeah, he's played. He's pitched in a game in every single season since 05. I didn't realize that. I, thought I know he was, he's been hurt. He was hurt for he, a long time. Was it Was it the... Where did he also like re- have his rejuvenation season? Was it, with it was the Red Oakland. Sox? I believe it was Oakland. Uh, no, he came back with the Red Sox for a half a season. He pitched like four games, and he was a stud. But the year he came like back was 2016 with Oakland Athletics. He had a two one two ERA over twenty starts. He was twelve and five. So that's oh, when he I really came back. Be on Oakland. Yeah, he got traded to the Dodgers that year. That was the year that he got traded to the Dodgers and the Cubs played in the uh, NLCS. Oh. Yeah, and came back. So I still rip. have a Vine. What was the magazine called for the Cubs? Uh, Vine. Mm. Uh, yeah. Mm. In the, oh, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, I they would talk like, about it during every broadcast. Rich Hill, like rookie pitching. Mm-hmm. I he was... That curveball, uh, that yep. curveball. Um, so the reason I bring up Rich Hill, he signed oh, that one year, eight million dollar deal. He's got the best nickname in sports, the best. Old Do you man Rick. Nope. Do you know what it is? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> the best is listening to. <laughs> I think it was probably the funniest like minute and a half of TV broadcasting I've ever heard. It was when Bugshong beat. It was the Javi Baez stole first base game against the Pirates. JD said it. And this was the first time I heard the nickname. Rich Hill's nickname is Dick Mountain. (laughs) (laughs) Do you get it? Richard shortens to Dick. And Hill is a mountain. So Dick Mountain, which is the funniest nickname. You know that comes out. That's the kind of stuff that comes out of men's clubhouses you know yes, baseball 100%. clubhouses but uh totally hilarious i the first i'm gonna have to find that clip it was the game that javi baez stole first base do you remember that yep. again it was like july of 2020 21? i think it was 2021 um yeah because it was book shambi's first year with the cubs but uh yeah he stole first base very funny video but earlier in that game there's a guy sitting naked or it looked like he was sitting naked in the stands and Jim DeShays was just like, whoa. Um, and then he drops the dick mountain and then it goes to another shot of the guy and then he starts talking about the guy looking like he's naked again. So uh, it was like the greatest two minutes in MLB or even just like sporting broadcast history. Like that two minutes was the funniest thing ever. But uh, so he was part of the flurry of free agents, not necessarily huge free agents to sign, but there is one big one, Michael. It's been the one, and this actually happened on the twenty first. The last podcast. The last podcast. He was still on the Giants, and then we went to bed. I woke up that morning to head to Bardstown, and I saw that the Mets had signed him, and he's now with the Mets. Carlos Correa, officially. Carlos Correa is now officially with the Minnesota Twins. Yes, like it went official today. Six years, two hundred million dollars. What's your they thoughts need, right away? I, I guess the, the Mets know what they had in him last year, health-wise. 
Um, I'm surprised other teams didn't join in on that. I think you mentioned that you've, you commented that comment on uh, Facebook there on a post uh, that more teams would have been very interested in, on that short-term deal, but they did give him a lot of options. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's a, it's a, it was a cop-out for him. He was, but it was to kind of save face. He, he went to the Giants, got money. He went to the Mets, got money. And then, oh, crap, the Mets don't want me either. Yeah. Who will take me back? Oh, my mom. You know, the team I was with last. I mean, the Twins still offered him $150 million less than what he was making from the Giants uh, with his first original contract, and it's seven years less. Now, as you mentioned, there are some options. It could take you up to 10 years, and I think I saw around $280 million or 285 270 270 because yeah, it's well, less than Xander. Well, but... I think it makes it 285 if he hits different vesting portions within okay. that contract. So uh, it's now, how definitely, do you feel? yeah. I mean, you got to feel crappy about yourself. But what's crazy is he's going to be 33 at the end of this deal. So that's not old no, in that's not baseball bad. terms. Um, so he's going to get another contract unless he wants to stick away, uh, stick with the Twins. I do know that the Mets were trying to throw in some like oddball, um, and that's why the contract yeah. negotiations took three weeks. I think they were trying to throw in some oddball uh, like fillers. Like if you don't hit health, this. Health then, options. Yeah, health options. With, they can't technically go with health options because it's illegal via the collective bargaining agreement, but the way that they were doing it, it was very fishy. Um, and I think that they had set the bar a little too high on a couple of those. But the old team that Carlos Correa had signed with made two mediocre moves. Uh, I don't think that they're changing your team by any chance uh, from a non-playoff team to a contender. But Michael Conforto goes to the Giants on a two-year $36 million deal. And then Taylor Rogers, the left-handed reliever who had pitched with the Twins and the Brewers, he heads over there as well on a three-year $33 million deal. Pitched uh, alongside not, his brother. Yeah, so the twin brothers. Uh, Taylor, and is it Tyler? Yep. Um, Rogers for the Giants. Now, that, that deal's a little... I think Rodgers has been mediocre over the last couple of years. It's been like a 3-5 year say. He started out last year hot. He was the hottest right. closer in baseball with the, for the Padres, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then they sent him the hottest closer. I mean, he was putting out three saves a week. And then also the trade deadline, they shipped him. Yeah, and they sent him to the Brewers. Right. And uh, So to pay just... somebody who's not the definite closer, because reports I'm seeing is – he the the Giants already have a bona fide closer, or mm-hmm. I say bona fide, but a closer designated, and now here comes they're going to pay a, a relief pitcher eleven million a year. Yeah, uh, for three years, um, and I mean he's got closing ability, but I, I don't, I just don't see it to where he struggled with the Brewers too. Like Camilo Duvall, I think, is their designated yes. closer right now. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, he struggled with the Brewers. Him and his brother are on the same team now, though. So, mate, I don't know. Like, his last two years, he pitched 100 innings and had an ERA in the high threes and low fours combined. So, mm-hmm. I, Yoker. That, that's, that's a lot. Story your word there. <laughs> that's a lot of uh yeah mediocre mediocrity um 
that's a lot of money for a guy who's not going to be your closer, especially with some of the deals that have been signed already. From there, uh, staying in that division, Evan Longoria continues to play into his 70s at uh, one year, $4 million deal. Um, no, I loved Evan Longoria uh, when he was with the Rays, and then he just kind of faded away as he made his way to San Fran and hasn't really been much since then. That's what the Rays do. They know when to cut, when to mm-hmm. part ways with guys. Uh, not a bad deal for the. I think the Diamondbacks could be better this year for sure. Um, They've it, got it's, some studs, yep. studs coming up through the system. Yeah, so uh, they'll be a team to watch. I don't think that they're going to contend between the Padres and the Dodgers, but they're going to make some noise. And with the Giants in that division, there's going to be. I think it's a clear one-two: Dodgers, Giants, uh, Dodgers, Padres. Excuse me. Then the Giants, Diamondbacks, and I'd say the Rockies are probably dead in that division at this point. They haven't done anything this year. No, they they have they so they have fun guys to watch. So the Diamondbacks have what writers are saying is unanimous rookie of the year right now in Corbin Carroll. Mm-hmm. Dude's got speed. Dude's got power. Um, the Giants are making some moves, but then the Rockies have what they're hoping for is their shortstop of the future. They've got um, I think an outfielder coming in um, Zach Veen. Okay. So he's a top ten overall prospect. You're the prospect guy. <laughs> so they have a, they have a top overall. So Veen, an outfielder, and shortstop Tovar, are both like top twenty overall prospects in all of baseball. So okay. they've got two guys on both sides of the field who help. But the Dodgers and Padres have pieces at every position of the field. So mm-hmm. yeah. It's going to be hard to compete in that division with the Padres and the Dodgers where they are right now. But uh, the Giants did have a pretty breakout year two years ago in 2021 when they made Unreal. it to the playoffs. So They went from last uh, to 100-something wins. Yeah, and they were in first place for a long time uh, in the league. So mm-hmm. uh, that'll be an interesting watch, especially with Kapler back at the helm. He was the one who kind of turned things around for him. So uh, the NL West... I'm just going to say it's a two-headed race, but uh, even with these moves, I don't think the Giants or the Diamondbacks made much headway. Let's move to the yeah. NL Central. Uh, Wade Miley, former Cub, former Red, former everybody. He did play for the Diamondbacks as well as the Red Sox as well. One year, $4.5 million, million to the Brewers. Not a bad arm. That's a depth piece. I thought he was good at times when he pitched for the Cubs and even the Reds. Threw no hitter for the Reds in 2021. He's got good stuff. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy over the last couple of right. years. And that's that's where he missed last year for the Cubs. Yeah. He was supposed to be healthy in June or something, you know, early mm-hmm. on, and it just kept getting kicked down the road. When he came um, back, he was good, and then he got hurt again. Is he a lefty? left-handed he's not a, yeah. a huge uh velocity guy he's just uh hit your spots throw the right pitches and sequencing is great um so I don't, I don't think that that makes the brewers insanely better but it's a great depth piece and that's uh I, I think it's going to be a sneaky he's 36 so he's on the elder part of his career um still not a bad deal uh another NL Central deal. Will Myers, uh, who probably will be the DH or even play some outfield in Cincinnati. Um, so I'll get to see him up close and personal this year. He signs a one-year $7.5 million deal, leaving the Padres. He's also played with the Rays, and I believe he was part of the Royals organization uh, to start out. He was part of that uh, James Shields trade, I believe. 
um, which shields sent Shields from the Rays, phrase, to, the the Rays to the Royals because uh, Shields was part of that uh, pitching staff for a while. And then where did Shields go after that? The White Sox. Uh, no, he went to the Padres in 2015 and then, and then to the White Sox. And who for was Tatis. part of that trade? Yes. Yep. Yep. I want to connect the dots. <laughs> what a trade. So. What a trade. Will Myers uh, is in Cincinnati, staying in the NL Central. This one's closer to Michael and I's hearts. Uh, Eric Hosmer signs with the Cubs. Um, so he's going to get the league minimum. The Cubs are not going to have to pay him much because the Padres are still paying him $39 million over the next three years after trading him to the Red Sox late last year. I think this is an underrated move for the Cubs. They needed contact they've been such a swing and miss team over the last couple of years Hosmer does put the ball in play his power numbers aren't as good as they used to be earlier in his career um and I don't know if you know this if you're watching on YouTube oh look at there I've got my uh Eric Hosmer Omaha Storm Chasers jersey uh which is the AAA affiliate of the Kansas City Royals um I lived in South Dakota, so I was close hey. to the Omaha um, team there, which are the Omaha Storm Chasers. As a meteorologist, I figured I had to get a shirt. You had but to. It, but uh, in 2011, when I went storm chasing, literally on a storm chase for school in the summer of 2011, we went to a Storm Chasers game, and that was right after Hosmer got called up. Do you remember Hosmer's rookie year? He went ape. Like, he went just in destroyed. He was that was raking. 11? 2011. He had got called up. Uh, let me pull up the statistics, but I swear he hit like 20 plus home runs in his rookie year, uh, and they still had a jersey in the um, in the pro shop, and uh, I was like, I have him to get it. So He's him been... and Mustakas came up in the same year then. Yeah, they, and that, they were part of the core. 11. So 2011, oh, Hosmer hit 19 home runs in 128 games and batted 293. He got third in the rookie of the year voting that year. Um, but he's a four-time gold glover. He's finished in the top 25 of the MVP twice. He's an all-star. Um, he's not been that since 2017, which was his, as we talked earlier in the previous pod. Um, but he's a consistent, put the bat on the ball. Oh, on base percentage between 330. So the last, the last three years, he's gone 333, 337, and 334 for an on-base percentage. That's and consistent. And the Cubs aren't signing him to be a impact player necessarily. No, to bat one through four, they're just he's he's going to platoon with Mash Mer. I mean, excuse me, Matt Mervis when he gets the opportunity. I think he'll probably so the, be more with Patrick Wisdom platooning to start out. Base. Yeah. So. True, because they got Morrell over at third as well to play. Yeah, well, it's not a great defensive third baseman, but hey, it's been an awesome. You need him in the lineup. You need him in. The, he's a catalyst in the lineup. Uh, and on top of that, another small deal for the Cubs. Uh, they lost Wilson Contreras to the Cardinals. So Tucker Barnhart, former Red, <laughs> three uh, two year deal, six point five million dollars to the Cubs to be. I think he's the backup catcher technically because Jan Gomes is the starter. But a lot of the the projections i see have tucker barnhart in the lineup i know he's a gold glove catcher um which is going to be great he's a from what i've heard he's great to work with for pitchers so that that pitching staff the the center of the cubs defense from catcher to second and shortstop with nico and dansby and to center field with cody bellinger could be some of the best up the middle defense in the game absolutely absolutely it's going to be it's an underrated because nico is not a big name 
He yep. didn't get a lot of tension being on the Cubs, but that dude hits line drives. Play is a great defensive shortstop. Whenever Javi went down and Nico mm-hmm. got called up late, um, he has not gotten attention because he's been on a, a fourth, fifth place team. Right. In his yeah. time. Well, he was a finalist for Gold Glove at second base in the COVID shortened season, so he's got time at second base. He was a very good and underrated shortstop last year, so I think it's only going to make that move better uh, with Dansby on the other side, who won the Gold Glove last year, I believe, at shortstop. Another, uh, yeah. You got more on the Cubs? I was going to say, Horn, Horn, Nico, it was only uh, drafted in 2019 and came up a year right. uh, a year later. Yeah. So He, he came up the year he more. was drafted. Oh, uh, no, he got drafted in 18 because he came up in 19 uh, at the end of the season. And then 2020, he started all the games. Um, yep. So okay. uh, 2018, he got drafted and he got hurt right away, too. I think he hurt his wrist. Um, but uh, very. Just low-key signings, not spending a whole lot of money for the Cubs, but I think that they got two decent veteran presences in their lineup. It makes the team better. It doesn't make them a World Series contender by any means, but uh, I think it makes them better, and I think they can compete in the division with the lineup that they'll put there every day. Um, a team that probably won't is the Nationals, uh, and they signed... <laughs> probably won't. <laughs> probably won't. They signed Dom Smith to a one-year, $2 million reclamation project. He was with the um, Mets. He got non-tendered, uh, and you can see most teams thought the same thing. At one year, $2 million, that's not a whole lot of money, uh, opposed to Cody Bellinger, who got one year, seventeen. Um, so... Dom Smith, I don't think that really moves the needle. He does get $2 million in incentives. I'm not going to run through a ton of these uh, with a lot of depth. But uh, Gene Segura goes to the Miami Marlins, two-year, $17 million. He was probably the best second baseman on the market. Um, that's so that's he... interesting. So the, that coincides with another move that happened today because they have Jazz Chisholm, who was playing second base for mm-hmm. him, and Miguel Rojas was at shortstop. And so now they've got Gene to play second, which will push – would have pushed Jazz to play shortstop with Miguel, but Miguel, as we saw today on January 11th, was traded to the Dodgers for a Dodgers prospect. Okay, so there's more depth for the Dodgers. So that's where Jean will be fitting in, and that just scoots Chaz, right? Jazz, Jazz. Jazz Chisholm. Yep, that's right. Stud. Yeah, it's Jazz. Um, Chisholm over to shortstop. And then uh, Johnny Cueto signs with the Marlins as well. He's 37 years old. so Man, They've got some pitching. They do. I just don't think Cueto – Cueto pitched well with the White Sox, but he was on the minor league deal with the White Sox. This is a major league deal. So he earned himself some money. He earned himself $8.5 million. I, I don't think he's a top three starter by any means, but he adds nope. depth to that, that uh, rotation with Alcantara, um, who finished as the Cy Young Award winner. Um, I think you got Sixto Sanchez coming back in that rotation this year as well. You hope. You hope. You hope. Um, and then Pablo Lopez. Edward Cabrera. Yep, Pablo Lopez. Edward Cabrera. They've got um, first-round pick Braxton Garrett coming. Hey, former first-round pick Jesus Lazardo. Another mm-hmm. first-round pick Max Meyer. I mean, Trevor Rogers. These guys are loaded at talent. For starting pitcher and that's where the rumors are that they're ready to let one go to get back an impact position player right so we'll see and i've, I've heard pablo lopez is the one that they've been dangling out there to most teams but uh we'll see if that ends up being the case but that division man the marlins adding 
Uh, the Braves, the only team in that division that's not going to win is probably the Nationals, I would say. Um, yeah. But the Marlins, they've got a new manager with Skip Schumacher, so it'll be interesting to see how they react. He's a younger, uh, new generation kind of manager. Will that style work with the younger player? Um, I still think the Marlins are fourth in that division behind the three-headed monster, which is going to be the Braves, the Mets, and the Phillies, who were just in the World Series. And the Phillies have made another addition as well um, when it comes to that. Uh, they've made a couple additions, and we'll get there in a second. Right. Uh, going back to the other side, the other M's, uh, AJ Pollock signs to be uh, outfielder for the Mariners. One year, $7 million. You have the outfielders there. What do, what are your thoughts on that Mariners outfield? Um, so they added to Oscar early in the offseason. Mm-hmm. They've got ro- rookie of the year and MVP candidate, J-Rod, Julio Rodriguez, who should continue to just be better. He's looking like the un- un- Mike Trout type player. Speed, power, bat, has it all. Um, Kellenic, who was supposed to be again a stud who struggled out the gate, got sent back down. I think it's a great protection move um, mm-hmm. for Kellenic. They don't have to, they, if, if Kellenic can't put it back together, they don't have to rely on him. Pollock, as we, if you go back to, I want to say 2000. <laughs> How do you say his name? Pollock? <laughs> Pollock, like the fish. So you know why I say Pollock? It's from Space Jam. Michael Jordan's <laughs> assistant. Hey, Pollock. <laughs> AJ Pollock. AJ Pollock. We're gonna have to make this explicit. We're gonna make some Polish people a little upset here, Michael. Oh, if you're Polish, so when, we apologize. In the this does not support Bryce our views. Harper was a free agent. Polak was the consolation Pollock. prize to Bryce Harper. Pollock. Have you ever heard? <laughs> okay, so AJ Pollock likes to drink Michter's whiskey. Can you say that? Polak. Like to drink Mitcher's whiskey. So Paul AJ Pollock, AJ Pollock, he was a stud with the Diamondbacks. So I think he broke his wrist. Well, he had sliding a home plate. Uh, yep, uh, a home plate collision. I think broke. I mean, I think the dude was batting three forty, hitting home runs. I think he was on the top of an MVP season when that happened, and then he came back, and I think he hurt himself slipping on home plate or something He's like that. He's never been the same. He's never been healthy since, and so even I thought that when the White Sox signed him cheap last year, I thought that was a great. They got him in a trade. That. They got him in a trade. That was the Craig Kimbrell trade. So they traded Kimbrell to the Dodgers, and Pollock came from the Dodgers for his final year. Oh, but what right. this tells me is, I don't think he likes. I I don't think that the White Sox have a good clubhouse. That's what this tells me, because AJ was part of the White Sox, and he turned down a $13 million option to play this right. year with the White Sox. Now, he did get a $5 million buyout for that. It was $13 million or $5 million buyout. So this deal technically is $12 million, but he's making less money than he would have made. So he walked away from a million dollars, basically, which right. tells me that he wanted. He doesn't believe in that uh, White Sox team. Um, so he goes to the Mariners, and like you said, with Kellenic, who was, he was the top prospect. He was ahead of... J Rod, wasn't he? Um, I he was he was more he was when the beginning of the last season he was more highly regarded than J Rod. Right. So the talent and the prospect status is there. It's just whether he's able to put it together. But like you said, it it's kind of a security blanket. Pollock's not going to be healthy the whole year. You know it. Uh, but also it 
tells them that they could slowly get Kellenic into the lineup. Uh, and that team was already great last year. They Maybe they got swept by the Astros, but they took those Astros to the brink mm-hmm. in all three of those mm-hmm. games, and it could have been a 3-0 series sweep in the Mariners' side. Right. Um, so uh, the Astros have I wonder, some... Go ahead. I was going to say, I wonder if Kellenic, you know, Ian Happ came out recently and said how once he finally got that everyday role... It didn't have to focus on. I got to do. I got a chance today. I'm going to play today. Mm-hmm. If I don't do well, I'm not going to get another shot in the lineup. I'm going to get benched. So I wonder if that could help Kellenic not having to yeah. worry about having to perform. And uh, maybe that's what that is. Po- AJ Pole. Pole. Yeah. We're, we're AJ. Have to edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> AJ Pollock. AJ is that AJ Pollock. Is like that, the fish, he's like a like you said, security blanket. Yeah, very good. You said it first. Um, staying in that division, the Mariners, um, a team that has been very aggressive, especially when it comes to the rotation. They added another arm, Nathan Evaldi, goes to the Rangers on a two-year, thirty-four million dollar deal. So that that rotation. How many went star f- pitchers have they signed? They have Degrom, Nathan Evaldi. They have John Gray, who was a very highly sought-after prospect. He was the third overall pick in the draft to the Rockies. Uh, Martin Perez and Jake Odorizzi. And then Andrew Heaney, who is a great left-hander who was with the Dodgers. So that's six. I mean, Odorizzi is the odd man out now. Dane Dunning. Dane Dunning. That's seven. Yep. Uh, So the depth in that rotation just went even deeper. Uh, I don't think Evaldi's uh, top two. I don't even know if he's a three, but uh, you've got a very decent rotation there. If you go DeGrom, Perez, Gray, Heaney, and then Evaldi, I mean, that's going to be a tough rotation to beat on a day-to-day basis. And and they're ready. If one of those guys isn't performing, they have three, and we've, we've posted about before, right. three studs. Cole wins already on the forty man roster. He's a top uh he was a first round pick two thousand eighteen mm-hmm. or nineteen. And then another guy that the Mets let go off off of medical, Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter. They're both wait they I, I believe they could be called up this year and make an impact. Mm-hmm. Those three guys. They've got the depth. They've got the depth. So even Spencer Howard. Spencer I just I'm seeing him on the roster now for the Rangers on their website. Spencer Howard, he was a Philly stud. Uh, coming up through their system, um, I don't. He had a few, uh, maybe half a season where he was really good, um, but he was highly regarded as well. So the Rangers, the Rangers rotation is very deep all of a sudden, and uh, it's going to make a. I think it's going to make that a three-headed monster in that division because I still think the Angels are far back, and then uh, you look at the other teams in that division with the Athletics who are just continuing to sell off. The A's are going to be crummy for a couple of years here but uh the, the mariners the astros and the rangers are the three-headed monster in that division it's almost like the nl east and the al east for that matter um right which has been who's, very, who's the bottom team in the al east the red sox in my mind and that's where i was <laughs> going next because the the red sox instead of signing nathan Avaldi, signed Corey kluber for a one-year 10 million dollar deal not a terrible deal for kluber but he's on the back end of his his career, this is going to be his third AL East team in, I think, three years. He's pitched for the Rays. He's pitched for the Yankees. He's pitched in Texas. He's now going to the Red Sox. Um, what are the Red Sox doing? I think I feel like they are 
What is Devers doing? Well, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. About, but yeah. like, what are the Red Sox doing? I don't feel like there's a direction. Hein Bloom, I think, is the uh, the GM there. I don't feel mm-hmm. like he's got a solid like direct. I feel like it's just like reaction rather than proactive. Planning. Right. Right. Um, you, you, are you building a team or are you, you know, are you trying to compete? You can't do both. You can't build and compete. Right. So they signed Kluber. I would have taken Ivaldi over Kluber, but um, hey. Uh, it is what the Red it is. Sox ownership is after a soccer team. I'm pretty right. sure. Well, no, they already own Chelsea. No, not they Chelsea. Do. They okay. they already own a soccer team, um, and they own the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, I, Chelsea was the one who was up, and the Cubs were trying to get by them. Yeah, I mean the Red Sox year. traded Mookie for Jeter Downs, and they mm-hmm. just let him go for nothing, and right. it's a waivers. And I think that says something that when the last place team. Or close to either. I think the Nationals were the number two team. The Pirates number one. Mm-hmm. If you're mistaken, when that they claim him for nothing. Right. I think you mess. I think you know you mess up when the bottom team immediately flip grabs that waiver. Yeah. So, what are the Red Sox doing? That's the big question. And then the last one I have on our list is Craig Kimbrell finds a new home with the Philadelphia Phillies. One year, eight million dollar deal. I thought it was more than that. Maybe I wrote the wrong numbers for Kluber and Kimbrell. Maybe these, those are flip flops. I thought Kimbrell got 10 years with the Phillies. That's an error on 10 my 10 years? Part. Yeah, uh, 10, yeah 10, mil. it's 10 million. Yep. So I Guaranteed 10 million Phillies. So Kimbrell to the Phillies on a one year, $10 million deal. And that's bolstering the bullpen. The weakness for the Phillies in the playoffs was that bullpen. It wasn't their yep. starters, it was their pen. And uh, not only do they get Kimbrell, but they also get probably the best left-handed pitcher out there that was available with Gregory Soto um, from the Tigers. They traded for him and Cody Clemens. Yes, Roger Clemens' son. Um, Oh, is it? Gregory Soto was the closer for the Tigers last year, I believe. He was, and he was very good. He was pretty good for a bad team. Yeah, so um, you've got two closers that you just signed on top of what you had in the postseason. Uh, Eflin did walk away, and so did David Robertson, so those kind of fill those positions. Uh, but still, that makes the Phillies team even better in that division, like we mentioned. That's like the Braves did a few years ago. They signed, they had like three former closers. Right. They signed closer after closer after closer, and that's and it worked. They won the World Series. I right. think that's what the Phillies are doing here with Robertson, Kimbrell, Soto. Uh, who mm-hmm. else? They got they got plenty of guys. So we'll have to watch how that all develops. But uh, that Phillies trade, Gregory Soto and Cody Clemens, which is the son of Roger Clemens, heading to Philly. And the Tigers get Matt Deerling, um, Nick Mattoon, or is it Matten? I think it's Nick Matten, who was playing in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, and then a catcher, Donnie Sands. I think it's Veerling and Mattoon, Matten, excuse me, who uh, I'm thinking of Matt Merton and then a platoon. Um, Matt Merton, maybe. Yeah, Nick Matten. Uh, who's a shortstop, and he's kind of without uh, a position now that they've signed Trey Turner, um, and they're going to move. Uh, who's over there? Um, long hair, uh, Stott nuts. Uh, There's yeah, Bryson yeah, Stott. Bryson Stott um, over to second. That's so. another great middle infield right there defensively. Right. We were talking right. about the Cubs, mm-hmm. uh, Turner and Stott. Stott was a great defensive shortstop. Yep, he was. Uh, so it was going to get only get better for that uh, that defense, especially with Turner's speed. 
So the Phillies have got better. Uh, the Diamondbacks and the Jays get together on a trade as we're talking trades. Arizona sends Dalton Varsho, who was listed as a catcher, but he's an outfielder. Um, he could be whatever you want him to be, to be honest. he's He was a great player for the Diamondbacks. He's an athlete. He's an athlete. Um, he heads to the Toronto Blue Jays, and the Diamondbacks get the younger of the Guriel brothers, uh, Louis Guriel Jr. and Gabriel Moreno. Um, it was weird that Toronto traded for a catcher because they had a depth of catchers. So I'm assuming Varsha is going to be playing outfield. Um, uh, traded with T. Oscar. Interesting because yeah. Moreno was a top prospect, catching prospect for them. Yeah. So they got well, they had Kirk. Moreno, they had Kirk, uh, and they had another guy on the team. I can't remember it. Is right Jansen now. still there? Is it Jan- Danny Jansen? Yep, that's it was. Um, so they've got three catchers with Varsho, but Varsho is probably going to be playing more outfield. Uh, I think that improves both teams. I think the Diamondbacks get better players at uh, around the infield, and as you mentioned earlier. I loved this trade. Not because of the moves, but there is a fan account. I don't think it's Guriel's official account, and I share this with you, Brandon. Yeah. I think it's a fan account. Guriel uh, Jr. fan account tweeted when they saw that they were getting Varsho. And they they were pumped. They said, "Yes, I don't care what we give up. This improves our team." <laughs> and then it was released that Gary L. Jr. was part of that package going the other way. And it was, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> total letdown, right? Like so excited, and then it's like your favorite player is part of the trade, and now you're like, what the heck? Yeah. Um, but I think that makes both teams better. We're getting back to the Red Sox real quick. Um, what the hell are they doing? That's the question. Two things happened this past seven days. Uh, Rafael Devers signed an extension to stay with the Red Sox. It's an 11-year, $331 million deal. So basically it's a 10-year, $320 million extension because he was already making uh, $21 million for this for year sure. through arbitration. So they basically just tacked on 10 and 32 uh, every year, uh, very good move for the Red Sox. It keeps him because there was a lot of rumors flying around that they weren't going to be able to re-sign him. They had but to. The, they had to sign him. Especially with the news that came out yesterday. Uh, Trevor Story going uh, undergoing, was it elbow or shoulder surgery? It's, so it's elbow. It's not Tommy John, but it's a, it's a like halfway of Tommy John. They're trying to just piece it together rather than actually doing full Tommy John. So he's out minimum four, maximum nine. I've seen the four to four to six. I've also seen hey, it could be nine as well. So they can't plan to have him in on the team. Part of me goes, why is he having the surgery now? Because this was an issue last year, was it not? Mm-hmm. And so there was someone, one of the baseball analysts tweeted out that Story knew he was going to have this, but he didn't know. He he was trying to you know delay it as much as he could, and so it just kind of poor timing. If story did choose this, but then Kike Hernandez tweeted back, retweeted it, and said that's a little crap. Huh. That story's not playing that way. But so now they have a they have Kike Hernandez who hasn't played shortstop. You know he's not a mm-hmm. prime caliber shortstop. Um, they they have no middle infield now. Yeah, so that team is depleted, and that's why I said, what are the what the hell are the Red Sox doing? That's the big question. Moving on from there, the other big story and probably the biggest free agent on the market now, Trevor Bauer, 
Uh, his suspension had been reduced, and he immediately became eligible, and then the Dodgers DFA'd him. And as you've heard, and as you know what a DFA means, it means he got kicked off the team. Uh, and we tell you that with our Barrels and Barrels Bourbon and Baseball Podcast rating scale. So, Bauer, he's on the market. Do you think anybody's going to sign him? I, th- I think so. But it's, it's kind of a crappy situation. Um, it's like uh, Kareem Hunt in the NFL. He was for domestic abuse. And like, oh, you can't have a player playing your team like that. The Chiefs have to cut him. So they cut him, but then someone else signed him. So what's it's 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 an awkward situation. Um, I think Bauer would have value, you know. He, even though he's been off, he's one of those guys who studies himself. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think a big market team could sign him, just because of their fan base a little bit and save face. But I think a middle tier team could. You know who who would sign him and get praise for it? The freaking St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, probably no, the St. Louis Cardinals, and he would be a freaking stud. He'd sign for like nothing. Well, sign for the major league minimum because the Dodgers owe I think like twenty five million dollars on his deal. So it's going to be similar to Hosmer, where wherever he signs right. is going to. And that's why I think the Rays might be a team that he slides to because it's under the radar. It's a good team, and the the Rays don't have to pay. And they money. have. Right, they, and don't they don't have, have to, a fan base. Right, and they don't have to pay money. So that's like a perfect spot for me for him to slide in. The Orioles might be a sneaky good one. A one-year deal, get a stud pitcher in your rotation, see if – because they need pitching. The Orioles need pitching, right? They're on so, the fringe. They've got two studs coming. And but they need Rodriguez it now. And they and DL, right, right. Um, and they need it now, and I think with the additions that they had in from the minor leagues with Adley last year, and who was that shortstop? Um, Gunnar Henderson. That's right. Uh, who is by far the best guy out there, prospect-wise, they say. Um, you need pitching, and that would be a buy low. Um, and if you if your team doesn't look good and Bauer has reclamated himself through that one three-and-a-half-month season, trade him and get more po- prospects. Orioles fans, they haven't had a good team since 2014. I don't think they care. If they can get right. anything that improves their team. Therefore. Right. So those would be two teams, especially in that AL East, which I don't think the Yankees are a juggernaut. And I think the Roy, the No, uh, I, don't, I don't think any team is a juggernaut. In that I think the Blue Jays are the best game. of the bunch right now. Um, so yeah. the Rays are the Orioles, especially with the buy low um, 700,000 or whatever major league minimum is. I think it's right about there's like a couple decimals in there, but um, that, that would be a team or two teams that I think would like to try to sign them. Good call on the Cardinals. They would totally do that too. Um, they would t- and get praise for it. Yeah, somehow, somehow, some way. Um, so I'll run through a couple of free agents. There's not much left. It's kind of the scrap heap. Nelson Cruz at DH, Trey Mancini, Yuli Gurriel at first base, and Miguel Sano. Uh, Elvis Andrus at middle infield. I just kind of lumped them all together. Russell, uh, uh, Iglesias yeah. over at shortstop. Not Rysel. Rysel is the uh, the closer who's on the Jose Braves. Iglesias. Uh, Jose Iglesias, who was on the Tigers for the longest time. Very good glove, just not much with the bat. Yeah. Marwin Gonzalez, Didi, Gun, uh, Didi Gregorius, Cesar Hernandez, Ruf, Ruf, Ruffendoder or Rufned? Rugnid. 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 Odor. Uh, Look at me correcting. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Harrison at second. Um, Josh Harrison. And then Mike Moustakis, who was recently released by the Reds. Outfield, pretty. I think that's where your best talent probably still resides between Duvall, Profar, Peralta, Tommy Pham, and Grossman. 
Uh, and then catcher Gary Sanchez, Alfaro, uh, that's Jorge Alfaro, and then Roberto Perez. And starting pitcher, we talked on Bauer. Sounds like Grinky's going back to the Royals. That's what the rumor is. Probably just mm-hmm. on a comfort level. Um, Mike Minor, but uh, Waka, Michael Waka is probably your best arm available. Dylan Bundy is a reclamation I don't know. project. Dylan Bundy would be right there, yeah. Uh, and then relievers. Same thing with Pineda. Yeah, and Pineda there too. But uh, Aroldis Chapman, the rumor is Miami. Um, and then Michael Fulmer, who's probably the best relief arm out there, along with Andrew Chafin, who's the best right uh, left-hander. Sure. Danny Duffy's still out there, Garrett Richards, and then Matt Moore, who was a very good – he hasn't signed anywhere yet, has he? No. no. So how about this, Brandon? How about this? Look at that team you just listed off. That that Turn that into an expansion team. That team <laughs> beats – that team is better than the Oakland A's. Yeah, probably better than the Pirates, too. Yeah. And maybe the better Royals. Better than two teams. Maybe the Royals. Yeah, I would say maybe better than the Rockies, too. So there's uh, four. Yeah. Uh, that's about it, though. But uh, still, yeah. So, so that's that's enough team, right? That's enough players right there, too. There's talent out there, especially on the cheaper side. So teams are going to use these as depth. I think Duvall would be a great pickup, especially for a team looking for a fourth outfielder. You've got... Uh, Elvis Andrews, who could probably be an everyday starting second baseman or third ba- uh, shortstop for a team. Mm-hmm. And then, yep. uh, I mean, Fulmer, Chafin, or Matt Moore would be great pickups for your bullpen. So there's still a lot of talent left. It'll be interesting. We are 33 days away from spring training. Can you believe it? February 14th so is the earliest, earliest um, report date that I've been able to find. Um, which was the Tampa Rays. I'm sure we'll have a couple more coming out, but we are just about a month away. Um, so baseball stuff's really going to start to ramp up. We've got a lot of bourbon stuff ramping up. We've got a lot of cool things coming on the way. Another couple of interviews to talk about. Uh, Michael and I may be making a trip uh, as well here, hopefully. We're going on a trip in our favorite rocket ship. The Huntsville rocket ship? Seven five. Are we going on the trip? No. Oh, no. You're that's my favorite there. rocket ship. It's but. it's little Einstein's. Is it so if thing? someone's listening to this still and can and agree with me that they knew what that was, just let us know. I don't know if you're saying it right because I can't trust you after a Pollock and Mitchers, uh, so I don't know. <laughs> but um, that has been another episode of Barrels and Barrels of Bourbon and Baseball podcast. We do have a lot coming down the line here. I know Michael and I are really excited from what's coming up. Over the next couple of weeks, uh, look out and for, for that. baseball season. Yeah, baseball season. Uh, we're going to have a Bourbon 101 episode coming up here within the next couple of weeks. Talking, those of you who don't know much about whiskey, don't know much about bourbon, the ABCDEFGs of bourbon, uh, as well as breaking down uh, what you may want to look for or start for with a bourbon. More whiskey and bourbon reviews, which we've had a lot of over the last couple of weeks. I think next week's episode we'll be talking about the MLB rule changes, Michael. Like there are a couple of big ones coming up next year that are going to impact the game big time. I think they're going to impact them for the good. But we'll we'll talk about that next week. Another interview, uh, which is secret to you guys, but Michael and I already know who it is. I think you guys are going to love this one. It's going to impact both the baseball and the bourbon community. Uh, and then uh, we've got more oh, yeah. about us, right? At some point, you're going to learn more about Michael and I. 
what makes us baseball fans, what makes us Cubs fans, what got us into the game. What makes us alcohol, I mean bourbon fans. Yeah, I had a lot more bottles this week, and I told myself I was not going to buy in January, and I've already got four in three days. <laughs> you bought four in two day, in one day. You bought five in one, in one day, in one visit. I did buy five in one day, four in one visit. Uh, um, so we we'll for that. friends, though. And then the World Ooh. Baseball Classic is this year as well, so we'll have more on that, and don't... Uh, don't forget, Michael and I are probably going to do a meetup here soon. So we'll probably have a, I don't know, it'll be live to us, but we'll actually be in the same room together for the first time in about a year. So that'll be really cool. Um, I'm excited for that, man. Yeah, I haven't seen you since you, know, since you settled down, since you left. I mean, since you moved to Kentucky. <laughs> I moved to the better state where the Wellers are. I but you're it. not even in Weller. You technically don't. I live work. In, I in work Weller. in Weller Country. I work in there Weller Country. Go. So I grabbed another Did OWA today. Um, so that's what you can watch for. You can find us uh, on the good old Instagram. They call it the Gram these days. Uh, at Barrels and Barrels Pod, Michael, you're on Instagram. Where can we find you? I am at BNB underscore Burns. If you search BNB underscore, I'll probably pop up for you. Yeah, probably. And but it's the reverse on Twitter. Just type in BNB underscore Burns, but it's Burns BNB, I believe, on Twitter. Because every time I try yeah, to, so I get yeah. But um, about that right now. you can find me at whiskey underscore Weather, which is right at the top of both of our heads here on the old YouTube. Uh, don't forget to subscribe there. You can also find us on YouTube. If you haven't watched us yet, we put out some pretty good graphics, some content there. We've got YouTube shorts on the way as well. So go f- subscribe to our YouTube page. We would love that. We would appreciate that. Uh, that is Barrels and Barrels Pod. That is also where you can find us on Facebook, Barrels and Barrels Pod. Twitter, Barrels and Barrels. And then you can email us, barrelsandbarrels at gmail.com. We've got stickers. We've got shirts. We've got some merch coming down the line, I think, here over the next couple of weeks that you'll be excited about. And don't forget, you can always watch us on YouTube in stream of Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, and iHeartRadio podcasts. Please give us a rating and review there, too, because we would love it, and we would really appreciate it, and we would like to know what you guys think. Do we suck? Are we good? I think there's also even like a, what'd you think of this episode question on Spotify, if you're listening there as well. So answer that for us. Give us some feedback. We want to make it as awesome of an experience for you. Maybe we're doing something. Brandon, you talk too much. Brandon... You make fun of Michael too much. Michael doesn't know how to talk. I don't know. Whatever it is, let us know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, Michael, with that said, you got anything else for us? Yes. I do have one more thing. Yes. Let's hear it. So, Perea goes to his press conference or tweets out, Instagrams out, and says, I'm so happy to be back home. (laughs) Come on, dude. We know you you were not first choice. You were not they were not second choice. The twins were a third choice. Don't don't he really don't wa- I think he that. really wanted to be in New York because didn't his kid have like a Mets jersey or something on like the day that he supposedly signed with the He did that Instagram where the kid he was playing with the kid was they were getting their toenails cut or something, yeah. their fingernails cut to distract him. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, I think he wanted to be with he wanted to be a Met and yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised. We didn't touch as much as I thought we were going to be on this, but I'm surprised that he didn't. Another team didn't try to throw six million two hundred dollars at him, right? That, like, that wasn't even that much a year. Thirty-three point three. It's the highest I think of all the shortstops, isn't it? I think Trey was a little lower than that. So and and add, okay. 
but it's in six years, it's not going to be killing you forever. So, And that has been all for Barrels and Barrels of Bourbon and Baseball podcast. Michael disappeared, so I get to do the Let's Go this week. Let's go. Let's go.